stories that I would consider to be great. And I've actually really enjoyed kind of going back through some of these Bible stories and, and looking at some of the things and some of the ways that the Lord has worked through the people that we have looked at. And so uh, we're just going to continue on with that for another week or two. Uh, I hope God is blessing you through getting to hear some of these stories. Maybe some of them are familiar to you. Uh, maybe there are some of them that are new to you. Or maybe there are some that uh, you, you haven't heard in a while and maybe forgot some of the details. And so... We are going to continue on with those Bible stories today. Now, last week we talked about the story of Joseph. And Joseph's brothers uh, didn't like him. They were jealous of him. They sold him into slavery. Long story short, the Lord was with Joseph. And after many years had passed, Joseph became the second in command in the land of Egypt. He had helped Egypt prepare for the time of famine that was coming. And when all of that time came... The other nations in the area all had to come to Egypt because there was no food in the land. And part of the ones that came were Joseph's brothers and his father. And that eventually became the nation of Israel. It was Israel and his descendants. And they started out in Egypt. And that's how the Israelites got to Egypt. That's where they were enslaved for all of that time. Eventually the Lord led them out of Egypt into the promised land. Uh, over time, the Israelites were rebellious. They didn't listen to the Lord. And God sent some enemies in that overtook the Israelites. And they were led into captivity. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we uh, read the story of Esther. And the story of Esther takes place during that time of captivity. There were some Jews in the land of the Medes and the Persians. And that's where Esther became queen. And she was able to speak up and stand up for those Jewish people that were there and spare them from death, from the evil Haman who desired to kill the Jewish people. And that's what we saw in the book of Esther when these Jewish people were in exile. And the story we see tonight takes place in the same time frame, a little different area, but it takes place around the same time. And today's story comes from the book of Daniel. Now, after God finally brought the Babylonians in to overtake the tribe of Judah, the southern two tribes of Israel, and the capital city, Jerusalem, where the temple of God was, eventually God sent the Babylonians in and they overtook that city. Now, the Babylonians left a few of the poor people, it says, in Jerusalem, but a lot of the people were taken. They were captured and they were exiled to the land of Babylon. Also, you may see it referred to as the land of the Chaldeans. It was to the east of Jerusalem and to the east of Judah. So it was some ways away. And that's where the, uh, the Israelites, the Jewish people, ended up, at least a large portion of them. And once these Israelites were captured by the king of Babylon, whose name was Nebuchadnezzar, he sent word to his chief official. And Nebuchadnezzar told his chief official, he said, I want you to get some of the young men that we just captured. Some of the men of nobility, the good-looking men, the strong men, the smart men. I want you to pick out the best of the best, and I want you to begin to train them for service in my court. And so the, the king's official did that. He gathered up some of the, uh, the best Jewish uh, men that there were. And among that group of men that he gathered up was one by the name of Daniel. One by the name of uh, Hananiah, one by the name of Mishael, and one by the name of Azariah. Now the Lord was with these four men. Now these men loved the Lord as we see the story unfold throughout the book of Daniel. These were men who had faith in the Lord. 
And so the king had established his official to get these men together, to train them up, to get them ready for service in the king's court. And it says that Daniel found favor in the eyes of the chief official. Now this story is very similar in some ways to the story we saw of Joseph last week. Here we have one who is led into exile into another country, but yet God is with him. And, and God allows Daniel to find favor in the eyes of this chief official. And the chief official is to make sure that all of these men grow strong and look good and get smart and learn the Chaldean language and all the things that the kingdom requested. But Daniel went to the chief official and he said, look. He said, I know the king has ordered us to eat the king's food and drink the king's wine. It was fancy good stuff that the king had picked out. He wanted these men to be as healthy as they could possibly be. But Daniel told the chief official, he said, look, he said, I can't eat the king's food. I can't drink the king's wine. I don't want to defile myself. Me, Ark, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, none of us, we don't want to defile ourselves with the king's food. So let me make a request to you. Can we just be given vegetables and water to eat? Now the chief official, he wasn't too sure about this. He was a little reluctant. He said, but, but Daniel, if I give you vegetable and waters, he said, I'm giving everybody else the king's food, and, and, and you guys start looking unhealthy. He said, this is going to be bad for me. The king's going to take it out on me. It's my job to make sure that you are as healthy and as strong and as smart as you can possibly be. If the king finds out I'm not giving you what he told me to give you, that's going to come back on me. And Daniel said, look. He said, let's just do a little trial run. Let's do a little test. He said, give us 10 days. Feed us our vegetables and give us our water for 10 days and see what happens. Well, guess what happened? At the end of 10 days, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were stronger and healthier than all the other men. And so the chief's official continued to give the four of them the vegetables and the water that they had asked for. Now God was with them and they became wiser than all the other ones that, that the chief's official had picked out. They were smarter. They were wiser. Boy, they, they, they understood things, the Scripture said, better than any of the rest of them. And not just a little bit better than the rest of the people. But the Scripture says that the four of them were ten times as wise than the rest of the ones that were picked out. And so they quickly uh, gained favor with the chief official. And ultimately, they were going to find favor in the king. Eyes and King Nebuchadnezzar's eyes because of what they were going to do as the story unfolds. Now, the king had lots of wise men and diviners and mediums and, and priests. Now, they were people who did not really serve God, the God of heaven. They served a bunch of false gods. They believed that there was a higher power, but they didn't serve the God of heaven. They didn't serve the God that Daniel served. And one day, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he called for all of his closest wise men to come to tell him the dream and interpret the dream for him. But not a single one could do it. The king said, look, I have this dream and I must know what this dream means. And the wise men of the king said, well, tell us the dream so that we can tell you its interpretation. But the king said, I'm not going to tell you the dream. I want you to tell me the dream. I want to know for sure that you really are speaking to me a right interpretation. I don't want to tell you the dream and you just make something up. So therefore, I want you to tell me the dream and its interpretation. That way I'll know that the words you're speaking to me are true words. The king's wise man said, King, this is impossible. 
There's no human on, on this planet that can do what you're asking. It's impossible for a man to know someone else's dream and its interpretation. The king's wise men said, this is impossible. This is only something that the gods could do. It's only within the power of the gods to know a man's dream and interpret the man's dream. The king said, you're just trying to, you're just trying to buy more time. He said, look, give me an answer. I want you guys to come to me, all of my wise men. I want you to come to me and tell me my dream and tell me what it means. And if none of my wise men can do it, you will all be executed. Now, the king was pretty serious about this dream. Daniel found out. Of course, Daniel was worried over what was about to take place because he and the other three were wise men of the king. And if the king's dream could not be interpreted, then they would die with the rest of the king's wise men. And so Daniel went to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and he said, look, we need to pray to the Lord. Pray to God and ask God to reveal to us this mystery of what is taking place in the dream of the king. And so the four of them began to pray to the Lord, and the Lord revealed to Daniel what this dream was. Now, they were all four wise men, but it says that Daniel, he was also very wise and able to interpret, and he was able to see visions. And God had blessed him and gifted him in that way. And when Daniel received the mystery, when the vision was revealed to him, he told one of the king's men, he said, look, take him to the king so I can tell him, I know what his dream meant. So Daniel was taken before King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, tell me what this dream means. And Daniel said something very similar to what Joseph said when he had to interpret Pharaoh's dream. He said, this interpretation that's coming to you is not coming to you from me, but this interpretation is coming from God. God, the God of heaven, Daniel said, has revealed these things to me. Now the king's other wise men who didn't trust in God. Even they knew that it was going to take a supernatural revelation for this dream and its interpretation to come through. And Daniel is affirming the very thing. Yes, what the king was asking was impossible. But Daniel said, the God of heaven has made it possible. The God of heaven has revealed to me what the dream is and what its interpretation is. Daniel said, the things that I'm about to reveal to you are future. They're going to take place in the future. He said, King, in your dream, you saw a big statue. You saw a statue that was standing tall with a head of gold and shoulders and arms and a chest of silver. It had a stomach and thighs of bronze. It had legs of iron and its feet were made of iron mixed with clay. And a stone came, untouched from the statue, a stone fell off, and it, and, it, and it hit the statue and crushed the statue, and the statue shattered into many pieces, and the wind came, and it blew the pieces away, and all of the pieces were without a trace. And Daniel said, and here's the interpretation of what you saw. He said, King, the head of gold represents you and your kingdom. You are wealthy, you are strong, and you are mighty. And the silver chest and the silver arm represents a, a, a kingdom that's coming after yours. It won't be quite as powerful as yours. And the bronze, a kingdom to come after that. 
And the iron represents a kingdom that will one day come that will be that will be very strong. That will crush the other kingdoms who come before it. And the feet you saw that were mixed with clay and that were mixed with iron, they represent a kingdom that's divided. A kingdom that will be partly strong, but that will be partly brutal. A kingdom that will not be able to mix together. He said in the stone that you saw, the stone represents a kingdom that God will bring. The stone represents a kingdom that once everything else is shattered, then a great mountain will rise up and cover the whole earth. And it's a kingdom that will never end. And that's a kingdom that one day came. God will bring. And Daniel had given the king the interpretation that God had revealed to him. Now Daniel found favor in the king's eyes. The king was pleased to finally understand and know what the dream meant. And so the king put Daniel over the whole province of Babylon. Very similar to what we saw in the story of Joseph. God was with Daniel. Daniel continued to serve and trust the Lord. And God was with him and God was using him even in a foreign land. And the king put Daniel over uh, the province of Babylon. And at Daniel's request, he also put Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah over the province of Babylon as well. Now, sometime after these events occurred, the king had a, a large statue made for himself. It was 90 foot tall, the scriptures say. A 90-foot-tall statue made of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had made of himself. And once he had this statue erected, he sent word out to all the people in the land, to all of his officials, to all the ones who were in his court. And he said, look, this statue has been raised for me. And I want all of my officials to come and bow down and worship the statue. He says, look, when you hear the instruments play, when you hear the sound of music, all of those men who are in my court, all of my officials are to come and they are to bow before this statue that I have made. So all the king's officials gathered around. And when the music was played, when the instruments were played, all the king's officials bowed down before the statue. Except for three. There were three in the province of Babylon that refused to worship the king's statue. And they were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now you may better know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not worship the king's statue. Now the Chaldeans, the people of Babylon, well they saw this as an occasion that they could they could stick it to the Jews. They didn't really like the Jews, and they said, here's our opportunity. So they went before the king, and they said, King, didn't you, didn't you make it a, a rule, a law, that everybody was to bow down and worship your statue? The king said, yes. Well, there's some, there's some Jewish, Jewish guys here, and they're not doing what you told them to do, king. Now, the king was furious about this. So he had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego brought before him. And he said, don't you know the command? When you hear the sound of the, of the instruments playing, when you hear the sound of music playing, you are to bow down before my statue. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused in the king's presence. And the king was furious. The king had said, look, anyone who will not fall down and worship my statue they will be thrown into a fiery furnace. 
Oh, he was furious at what had taken place. So the king told his men, he said, I want you to go to the furnace. And I want you to heat it up seven times hotter than it's usually heated. I want it as hot as you can get it. Because these three men who are going to defy me, they are going to suffer the consequences. And King Nebuchadnezzar told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he said, look. He said, who's going to save you from my power? What God can save you from my power, King Nebuchadnezzar said? Well, he would soon find out the answer to that question. The king was furious with the three. And he said, look, who's going to save you? And in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, we have a wonderful response of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In Daniel 3, verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego reply to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of flames and fire. And he can rescue us from the power of your king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden statue you set up. Now that's the boldness right there. Their life would soon come to an end. At least it would appear that way. Who could survive a fiery furnace? I'm sure it's probably a little scary. But maybe not. They sound pretty bold in their, in, their, in their response to the king here. They said, look, king, we're not even going to answer your question. We don't have to answer you about our God. Our God is good enough that, look, if God wants to save us, he will save us. He has the power to do so. But even if our God chooses not to rescue us, we will never worship another God. And we will never worship you. Now that's good stuff right there. That's the kind of boldness and the kind of faith that you and I need to learn from. We need to have the faith that God will be with us and God can deliver us and, and, and if He chooses to from anything that we are ever up against. There is nothing that we will go up against, nothing that we will go through that God cannot deliver us from if that is God's will. But sometimes, we see this in Scripture a lot. Sometimes it is not God's will always to deliver His people. There are some times where God's people must suffer. And our faith needs to be strong enough to say, God, I have faith that you can deliver me through anything I'm up against. But God, even if you don't deliver me, I'm still going to trust you. God, even if my situation doesn't get better, I'm still going to follow you. Even if my life ends with death through the situation that I'm going through, God, I trust that it's the right thing to do. God, I have faith that you are all powerful and you can deliver me in anything, but God, I also have faith that I'm going to trust you even if you do not. Now, we need to have that kind of faith and trust in the Lord, brothers and sisters in Christ. There are hard things that we go through. 
There are losses that we experience. There are sicknesses that we must endure. And God gives us strength in those losses. Sometimes he gives us healing in our sickness. Sometimes he delivers us from the trials that we are going through. But sometimes he does not. But God knows exactly what he is doing. He has not abandoned us. He has not left us. And even on the times maybe where he doesn't deliver us in the way that we may be praying for, he is still going to be with us in the midst of everything that we go through. Maybe one day we'll face a situation similar to what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced. We don't like to think that. We like to think that can never happen to us. But the truth is, it could happen to us. There could be occasions in our life that we have a choice. Are we going to stand for God? Or are we going to deny God? When times like that come, if we should ever face such times, it's stories like these that we need to have tucked away in our mind and in our heart. It's examples like that of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that we need to recall and say, God, this situation before me may be scary. God, it may be painful. But God, I trust you. God, I know that my suffering in this life won't compare to the glories of the life to come. So God, give me the strength. Look back through church history and you see some of the early Christians and their stories and the way that they had to stand for the Lord. And in some stories you see God working a powerful way through people. In other stories you see Christians who gave their life but even in giving their life, they use their life as a testimony for the Lord. And we need to look to the examples that we see in Scripture, the examples that we've seen of other Christians throughout the history of the world who have stood up for the Lord, even in the midst of their suffering. Now the king was furious, even more so after hearing their response. And so he sent his guards to tie Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up. And they were bound. They were tied up. Couldn't move. Couldn't get away. And his guards grabbed the three of them and approached the furnace to throw them in. And the furnace was so hot, the scripture says, that as the guards approached the furnace to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, that the guards themselves died from the heat. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego bound by the ropes they were tied with fell into the fiery furnace. And I'm sure the king and the others watching were expecting a quick and painful death. Probably a few screams of pain and anguish. And as the king sat there and watched for a second, he jumped to his feet alarmed, the scripture said. And he yelled to those who were standing around, did we not bind three men and throw them into the fire? And those with him said, yeah, three in there. The king said, but look, but I see four men walking in the fire. And one, he says, looks like a son of the gods. 
And the king called them and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out. And the three men came out of the furnace and they were completely unharmed. There was not a hair on their head that was singed. There was no smell of smoke that was even coming from them. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar, he didn't really know God. He knew of God, at least we know that from Daniel, because Daniel had revealed the Lord to him when he, when, he, when he gave him his dream. But obviously, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't trusting in the God of heaven. He knew he existed. He knew he was one of the gods, but he didn't know he was the God. But even King Nebuchadnezzar knew that who he saw in that fire was not human. Even King Nebuchadnezzar recognized the one in there looks like a son of the gods. Now who knows who God sent in that furnace that day? Perhaps it was an angel. Perhaps it was pre-incarnate Jesus who God sent. Perhaps it was the very son of God who was there with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. But regardless of who was there with them, it was God who was there with them. It was God who had delivered them from the fiery furnace. Of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were giving the praise to God. And boy, this got Nebuchadnezzar's attention too. He said, boy, we're going to praise the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And anybody in this, in this land that doesn't Praise the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or has anything offensive to say to him, may they be torn limb from limb, Nebuchadnezzar said. Now, what a powerful and beautiful story about three men who were willing to stand up for the Lord. Three men who said, God, I'm not going to deny you. God, I'm not going to let my fear be greater than my faith. God, I'm going to trust you because what you do is right. God, I'm going to trust that you can rescue us, but God, I'm going to trust you if you do not. And because they trusted in God, God did a mighty work through them. And because they trusted in God, boy, it got Nebuchadnezzar's attention. And I bet you it got the attention of all the others who were around too. And they had an opportunity to say Look at our God. Look what He can do. And yeah, the Babylonians, they trusted lots of gods. But none of the Babylonians' gods were revealing their dream to the wise men. None of the Babylonians' gods were going to deliver men from the fire. But there was one God who could do great things. And it was the one and only God. The God of heaven. The God of Daniel. The God of Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego. Let us remember their example. Let us learn from their example. Perhaps there are times in our life that maybe our life's not on the line, but there may be times where it may be tough for us to stand up for the Lord, where it may be hard, where it may be a scary thing, where we may think, well, what will people say? What will people think? There may be opportunities in our life that we can stand up and be bold for the Lord. And let us follow the example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And say, you know what? I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to do what's scary. 
And God, I'm going to trust you. And whatever happens, God, if you deliver me, I'll praise you. And if you don't deliver me, God, I'll praise you. There may be times in our life that if we were to take a stand for the Lord, we have those opportunities. If we were to do the right thing for God, we may be amazed at what God may do in our life. There may be a miracle that God wants to work through us. There may be something that people see in us when we give God to when we give the glory to God and they see what goes on in our life and they see something that's a result of us doing the right thing and they say, hey, praise the God of him and of her, of me and of you. And the same way that the king did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now we do things because we trust the Lord and we love the Lord. We don't do things because we want people to look at us and say, glory be to you, glory be to me, but glory be to God. Because any good thing that's done is done because of God, not because of you and I. But God oftentimes chooses to work through you and I. And let us be bold enough to be used by God. And see what kind of impact God may have in this world with the things that we do. Father God, we come to you this morning. We thank you for these good words. And I pray that you would give us boldness to stand up for you, dear Lord, no matter what we do. God, we have great examples in Scripture. We have examples like these we looked at today. But God, the greatest example we have is that of Jesus Christ. The greatest example is one who was willing to stand for you and serve you, no matter what the cost was our Savior Jesus. And God, I pray that if there's one that has never put their faith in Jesus Christ, that they would follow his example. God, I pray that if there are opportunities that you put before us for, maybe it's scary, maybe it's tough, that you give us the boldness to make it through those times. That you give us the strength to stand up for it. God, that you give us the faith that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. That you give us the faith to trust you. God, to know that you are a God of, of, of mighty works. God, that you can do great things and you can deliver us in great situations. And God, sometimes you do. And let us praise you for that. God, let us also trust you when that deliverance doesn't come. Because God, you know what's right. God, I pray that you help us to trust you in everything you do, even if we don't understand, even if it's painful, even if we don't like it, God. I pray that we trust you trust you in all that you do, knowing that you are right. God, I pray that you help us to live like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to be bold, to be on fire for you, dear Lord, to trust you, and in everything that happens, God, when you do work in our life, we give you the glory, that people know that it is you who have done the work, that it is you who were with us, that it is you who have strengthened us, that it is you who protect us. God, that it is through you and through your Son, Jesus Christ, that you give us salvation, that you give us redemption, that you give us forgiveness of our sins. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.